This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, so I think it's I think it's important for people of God to find their hope in in the one who gives hope. Um, you know, I, we've got to quit looking. We've got to quit looking for hope in the world. Well, hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name's Ryan, and I serve as the Connections Pastor here. Get the pleasure of hosting Pastor Christian. Uh, pastor Christian, last week we we finished the series Summer in the Psalms, and this week, man, we have a message full of hope for the future and lots of vision. I wanted I wanted to start with some really exciting news for those who are aware of our Difference Makers Building Project. I I, I know you I know you mentioned it in your message, but can you give those who are listening to the podcast an update? Yeah, so first, the Summer in the Psalms, man, what an incredible series that was. I had uh, one of the men in our church um, text me and say, man, I, like, I'm going to miss this series. Like, You could do another three or four months in the Psalms, and I don't think it would get old. It, it um, you know, as, as one pastor says, the, um, the, the, the Bible is a timeless book, which means it's always a timely book. Uh, and man, I, I don't know that there was a more timely book of the Bible to study in the summer of 2020 than the book of Psalms. So, uh, man, what an, in, what an incredible 11 weeks. Um, there's 150. You could keep going. <laughs> yeah. We could, we could, you could do three years yeah. Yeah, as a Psalm a Sunday. And sometimes we did, um, it took us two Sundays to get through a Psalms, but the, that series was incredible. Uh, we will start a new series in a few weeks called the way of Jesus, um, and initially that was going to be a series on the Beatitudes, but we enjoyed so much just our times camping out in the book of Psalms that we're, we're going to camp out in the Sermon on the Mount. And we may, uh, Ryan, we, we may spend a year in the book of Matthew. We may just start at the Beatitudes and we may just not stop until, until we get through the Great Commission. We, we might be a year just studying a verse at a time, a block of verses at a time the book of Matthew. So man, my, like my favorite thing in the world is just open the Bible and teach, um, what it says. Cause it, it, it hits every topic, um, and every kind of high, every kind of high point that you would need if you just read enough of it. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, but we are in, in this season, we call Sunday our, our kind of fall 2020 vision Sunday. Um, and we just said, man, as we get going into the fall one, here's the, here's the spirit. You need to know, that we are confident in what God has called us to do because we're confident in Jesus and he's still on the throne. He's still leading his followers. He's still leading his church. We're following him. We're confident we're going to get to where he's called us to go. Uh, part of that is the building project. We started last fall, a difference makers building project kind of, kind of vision cast, um, through the lens of our 25 year vision. We think this is what God has called us to do. And the building that we're currently in is not going to allow us to do that. So we think we need a little bigger engine for our car. We need a little, a little bigger house for our family. Um, and man, we, we had just a miraculous kind of building campaign last fall into the early part of last year. And then COVID hit and everyone's been wondering, is it off? Is it on? Are we paused? Um, what, what are we going to do? Um, and what we announced Sunday is every, every time we've come to an intersection, of this building project. The light has not turned green. It's been green and it's not even, it's not even moving yellow from, um, the timeliness of the building to the cost of the building to our, our interviews with our general contractors. And now we are at the, we are at the final intersection, which is, um, Hey, everything on this building project is a go. So what we're going to do now in September is we're going to meet with the hundreds of families 
who have pledged and say, hey, are we are we still good? Because um, if you're good, we're good. And in October, we're going to start building a building. Uh, we've already talked to dozens and dozens and dozens of those. Um, and we feel really, really good right now that we're going to build something. Will we be able to build it all? I think so. And I hope so. But we know that God has God has given us. We have some of the best financial analysts and forecasters in our city who go to our church. And they've been pouring over our data since March, telling us, is there anything in the data? Is there anything in the fine print that would tell us not to do this? We've asked our bank, is there anything in the fine print that's telling us not to do this? We've asked our builders, is there anything in the fine print? Because if the light's red, then we want to stop. But we do not want to live with the faith of sitting at a green light thinking, well, I'm not going to go because I'm I'm sure it's going to turn red eventually. If you do that, somebody's going to hit you in the rear. Um, right now, the lights are green, so we're we're telling someone: Is there a reason we should stop? Uh, our last stop will be with the hundreds of families uh, who have pledged. Many of them who have already given more than half their pledges, uh, and we're excited. We we think it it will be time to break ground on the on the physical building. We're doing all the site work. We we can pay for that in cash, um, but we're we're we we think we're going to break ground on our building this fall. And then hopefully by next Christmas, be in our new home when it's finally time for the community to be able to gather together. And as many as want to, we want to have as, enough space for all of our church to, to be together. So uh, we're, we're looking to move forward, Lord willing. Yeah, it's been uh, exciting to look outside and see some uh, heavy equipment working and uh, started the road and parking lot. So uh, I'm really, uh, really pleased by what's happening. And you're right, God has uh, not only given us some green lights, but some blessings along the way with it. No, yeah, I, I, listen, there have, there have not just been some green lights, there have been some police escorts. Like, the road has been cleared, go ahead. Like, the, the, the road is yours, go ahead. Um, and we, we don't wanna, we don't want to have a posture of fear towards what God so clearly seems to be leading in faith in. So we're, we're gonna, we're gonna keep moving. So we, we appreciate you listening, your continued prayers uh, for this process as uh, God's obviously been hearing them. So continue to pray as we uh, as we move forward. In the midst of, of difficult times like COVID and others, we, we need not only hope but vision. People need to know that God's plans and his vision for us ha- have not changed. Um, and, and I think it's evident by what's happening. But as you concluded your message, you reiterated the 2045, the 25-year ministry legacy, what could be. Uh, what what are those seven areas are you most excited about? Yeah, so just to define the terms for our listeners, 2045 is a year. Um, so the year 2045 or 25 years from now or 25-year uh, vision plan. You know, in, in the midst of going through this season um, of, of coronavirus in 2020, you know, I, I pulled out as, as we were trying to figure out, should we still move forward on the building project? I, I pulled out the the reasons we were building, which is because we believe God has called us to this long-term vision. And I looked at the seven things in the, in that vision plan that we mentioned on Sunday that God's called us to, and not one of them needed to be removed because, because we had six months of a hiccup, maybe a, a year of a hiccup with COVID. So we said, man, if God's still calling us to this, we really believe our, uh, that a new building is, is one of the primary vehicles to get us there. So we got to go. The things that I'm, I'm most excited about, I, Ryan, I think, I think probably as much about the next generation of our church as I do this current generation. I am, um, I am as concerned about who will pastor this church after me as I am about pastoring this church at any time, uh, in the present. I, you know, I want to be at least a church like Joshua 
that, you know, when Joshua was leading, the people followed. And when the people that Joshua was, was leading were leading, um, the people still followed. It's like all I can be accountable for is two generations, but I want to make sure we have some ministry that outlasts us. So for me, the two things that excite me the most are the potential to give away $20 million um, over between when we started our church in the next 25 years. So over the first 35 years of our church to invest $20 million in missions, community outreach, um, and church planning. And then our ministry school, uh, which is, which is raising up, um, which is raising up kids and raising up men and women in our church who feel called to leave their, their job and go into full-time ministry. I believe the legacy of our church will be the people who are in ministry long after you and I are in ministry the people who continue being in ministry to support God's church, to build God's kingdom, those are going to be the those are going to be the winds of our kingdom. I promise you, when we get to heaven, God is not going to ask me how many people we had coming on Sunday. I don't know that that number is important to Him, but I do think He's going to ask how many disciples did you create that are still making disciples um, in ministry. That's that's really really important. And then probably the third thing that's real near and dear to my heart is our Bible Institute. Because Matthew 7, you know, when I led a, a youth ministry, it was called The Rock. And that came from Matthew 7, where Jesus said, you need to build your foundation on the rock because the storms are coming. Um, and if you have your foundation built on anything less than Jesus, anything less than God's word, um, man, it's going to fall. The, the wind is coming. The rain is coming. The storms are coming. And if you have your house built on anything but the word of God, the son of God, the spirit of God, man, look out. Um, and Ryan, it it uh, that that wasn't just a, a moment of teaching; it was a moment of prophecy, because I have seen people in 2020, um, and those who have their house built on the rock. I mean, it's been a windy, rainy, stormy 2020, but those who have their house built on the Word of God and the Son of God and the Holy Spirit of God, they're fine. I, I mean, we'll talk about it later. Inconvenienced, yes. Annoyed, yes. Angry, maybe. Um, but they're fine. They're fine. They're going to be okay. And those who have built their house on the sand, they're reeling. They are reeling because what they put their hope in, school, sports, job, economy, um, government, whatever, um, when that sand begins to crumble, man, the whole house comes down. Uh, so, I, you know, I think for me that the investment that we're going to make, um, I never want to take an offering without giving an offering. I don't think we're supposed to um, as a as a local church. The ministry school, training up kids to go into and, and adults to go into ministry, and the Bible Institute, helping people found their life on on the rock, um, on the Word of God, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit of God, uh, so that as the rains come, and I think it's going to rain harder twenty five years from now than it is now for people of faith. Uh, better better get them a firm foundation so the house stands. So you're excited for all of it. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which can't is wait. good. It's, it's, yep. it's nice to look at a list of seven things and go, well, I like, I like all of that. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I do. So that's good. Uh, as you open your message on Sunday, you, you shared with us that scripture, uh, never calls us to be poor in hope. Uh, as we've discovered talking to people in our church, there, there are a lot of people who are feeling hopeless. You kind of mentioned this distant, sorrowful. I know we're in the midst of COVID-19 and, and quite a bit of unrest in our country, but how? And why do people lose hope, and, and how do they find it again? Well, so Paul said to the church at Corinth, right? So we we talked a little bit about the Corinthians, um, where Paul said, I showed up, and I, I chose not to talk about anything but Jesus. Their culture was so corrupt. To Corinthianize basically meant to, to do really bad things in broad daylight and to cheer people on who did them. Um, it would kind of be like 
being an American. Uh, like that, that was Corinthian. Like the Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, to Corinthian eyes was, was to do really shameful things. Paul said, when I showed up there, I looked around and I decided, um, I'm not going to talk about anything but Jesus. Nothing but Jesus will work here. Um, and, and we're in that season of, I think maybe nothing but Jesus will work here. It was to that church, the church at Corinth that Paul wrote in second Corinthians four outwardly, though outwardly we're losing hope. Um, inwardly we can be renewed day by day through Jesus, through his spirit, through his word. I mean, it keeps going, but it keeps going back to those same things, right? The son of God, the word of God, the Holy spirit of God, the people of God, the mission of God. But I love what Paul said, though outwardly. He, he didn't say you're never going to lose hope outwardly. He said the exact opposite. He said, while you lose hope outwardly, while the economy falters, while a, a, a wild and crazy election season comes, while there is a global pandemic, while schools are trying to figure out if it's in-person, virtual, and, and, and back and forth, while all those things are happening that are causing you to lose hope. Inwardly, you can be renewed every day, every day. If you'll focus on the Son of God through the Word of God, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit of God, if you'll, if you'll get involved in, in the church of God and you'll live in community with the people of God and you'll get, you'll get on mission with what God has called you to do, Though everything else will cause you to lose hope, those things will renew your hope one day at a time. So I think it's, I think it's important for people of God to find their hope in, in the one who gives hope. Um, you know, I, we've got to quit looking for hope. We've got to quit looking for hope in the world. Um, it, you know, my prayer time this morning, thir- my, my prayer verse on Thursday, every Thursday, um, is, you know, when I consider these things from Paul, again, talking to church, when I consider these things, I fall to my knees and I pray to the father, the creator of heaven and earth, that he would strengthen my spirit, uh, that, that he would strengthen my inner man through his, through his spirit. Um, and I always, as I get my prayer journal out, I, I take the first part of that prayer, which is kind of vague in just the context of when I consider these things. Paul was considering all that God had done, but I use it to, what's been on my heart, what's been on my mind this week when I consider these things? And here's what I wrote in my prayer journal this morning, the day we're recording this. When I consider that the world is trying to find solutions without a Savior, it breaks my heart, but it motivates me to tell them about Jesus. When I consider that the world is trying to find heaven on earth, but without a Savior on the throne, it breaks my heart, but it motivates me to tell them that it's there. I mean, when I look at when I look at both political parties and what they're promising through their conventions, what they're trying to promise is is hope. When I when I look at what the protests are trying to, to find for for the black community, um, they're they're trying to find peace, but there's only one who gives peace, and his name is Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. Like protests don't bring peace, and police reform won't bring peace. Like, I think we've set the bar too, too low. I listened yesterday cause I, you know, I, I love to listen to talk radio sports. I, I listen to Doc Rivers, who's the, who's the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. Listen to Michael Wilbon. They grew up together in Chicago. Um, both saying, um, you know, both being interviewed, talking back and forth with white guys, you know, what, man, what do you want? And they said, I just, I want to know when I see a police officer that I'm not going to get shot. And I thought, you know, 
I, I don't think I'd ever understand the pain of trying to figure that out. But that is that is a that bar is too low because what what Jesus says is, is, listen, I, I want you to know when you look at me, not that I'm not going to shoot you, but that I'm going to love you. Um, that I can help you, that I know you completely, and I and I care about you deeply, and I can transform you wholly. Like we're we're setting the bar too low. We're saying, well, if we could just reach this solution, and Jesus is saying, mine's ten times better. Like that solution might give you a day of rest. I can give you an eternity of rest. Paul said, outwardly you're going to lose hope, if inwardly you're not being renewed. So I would say to people who say, man, I've been struggling with hope. Get in the Word of God every day. Follow the Son of God every day. Listen to the Holy Spirit of God every day. Be with the people of God every week. Do the work of God somewhere in your schedule. Do those five things. I promise you, it will renew your spirit and give you hope. Great, uh, great points. And, and, and this kind of is a follow-up question, but you know, your second point in the message was carry it on. Uh, and then you unpack some words of wisdom, joy, journey, Jesus, uh, those were uh, uh, those were words and spiritual principles that Paul was writing from prison, where he said God was working in amazing ways. In our 2020 world of COVID, quarantining, mass, virtual school, many feel persecuted, or at least, you know, at, at the very least, they feel inconvenienced. How in this season can we still find joy? See this as part of our journey and keep leaning into Jesus. Yeah, one of the reasons I love the Book of Philippians is because it was written from a jail cell. Ryan, I've got um, I've got close friends at our church um, who are I mean who are godly men and women, godly men and women. I mean they they their their faith walk challenges me, um, and they've they've not been back to church yet. And I mean they I mean they really are wrestling in their spirit. And, and I've had more than one say, I just don't know that I can. I just can't worship in a mask. I just can't. Um, it grieves my spirit. It, um, you know, it upsets me. I just, I just can't get past that. And, it, you know, it, and, and I've had, because these people are close to me, right? I've not, we've not had converse, confrontations. We've had conversations. And I'm like, no, now, like when you say worship and like worship in a mask, you mean sing? Like you can't sing in a mask? I get that. That's hard. And they're like, no, I just can't. I can't experience God in a mask. And I take them back to these prison epistles and I say, man, I think our, I think maybe our tolerance for what blocks our spirit from worship might be a little low in American Christianity. Like Paul, Paul, it, Paul is writing this letter from prison and he's excited about what God is doing in him and in those around him. Um, he's, he's not only saying, and I, and I don't mean to chastise, but I, but I do mean to I do mean to speak truth right now. Um, he is he is saying these people chained to me. He's not saying I can't get away from them. He's saying they can't get away from me. So I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Um, like the hardships and the persecutions didn't make it harder for him to worship. It made it easier for him to worship. So here he is, and he says, "Man, don't worry about me." I'm doing great. I'm doing the work of God. I'm leaning into the Son of God. I'm studying the Word of God. I'm writing the Word of God um, as as we speak. And I just think we've got to develop a, a little higher tolerance for what it takes to grieve our spirit to the point of just calling it in spiritually and saying, well, when it's not 
that difficult, when there's not that persecution, when it's not inconvenient, I'll be back. Because if you've read the book, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. I said this to our seniors when they graduated. First, first group of seniors, first senior Sunday we ever had with a bunch of seniors in a masks. But I told them, if we read the end of the book and you hang around long enough and it gets bad enough, eventually they put Christians in handcuffs, not masks. So let's count the mask as a training wheel of inconvenience, and let's, let's learn like we did with Noah to worship anyway. Right? Like the, the whole world seems to have lost their mind. I'm, I'm going to worship anyway. Paul said, when I pray, I'm praying with joy. Because, what, because of what God's doing in my life, because of what God is doing in your life, because of what God is doing in our world. Ryan, God is still working in lives and in communities and in the world. We should pray with joy. Paul said it's a journey. He said from this point forward. He, he had had some really good moments with the Philippians. They, I'm sure they'd had great meals together. I'm sure they'd had great Easter celebrations and Christmas celebrations and I'm, I'm sure in some of these Jewish communities, they'd had great bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs together. I'm sure they'd had wedding feasts together. I'm sure they'd had game nights on Friday and Saturday night with each other. I'm sure they had hung out at the beach. All of them kind of lived within 50 miles of the Mediterranean Sea. I'm, I'm sure they had some great church picnics and some great worship services. I'm sure they had some tremendous times together. But Paul said, we can't Forget all of those tremendous times. We can't accept all that good without accepting the hardship that we have now. So he said, from the first moment we started pursuing Jesus together till now, all of it has been a journey that's just helping us realize more who Jesus is. So let's, man, let's reflect on the good. Let's learn right now from the difficult and let's keep moving while focusing on Jesus. He said, you know what? I, I pray in joy because of what God's doing. Man, I reflect on the journey and man, it's been great. It's hard now. I'm sure it'll be great again in the future. Um, because if we just keep following Jesus, it's promised to us. If not in this world, then in the next. So Paul, Paul said, in my persecution, in my prison, in my chains, for the Christian, in our, is it inconvenient? Yes. Is there a level of spiritual persecution? Possibly. I mean, I'm not in every meeting in every state house, but it's, it's possible that there is some intention behind the people making decisions saying churches can't meet. If the intention is not behind the people, it is, it is behind the spirit of the people. Paul told the church in Ephesus, our battle's not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities behind that. So there, there is a devil. There is an, there is an, an evil presence that rules our world that is trying to figure out how to shut churches down and how to persecute Christians. So is there a level of not just inconvenience, but persecution? Yes. Yes, there is. Should that steal our joy, stop our journey, distract us from Jesus? No, no, no. And that's why I love these prison epistles. Paul saying, I'm sitting in a jail cell, but I, I've got jail. I've got joy. I've, I'm on the journey. I've got Jesus. We we need to get a little higher tolerance for what grieves our spirit for not being able, not being willing, not being capable of worshiping and being together in, in this environment. We just, we just got to keep pushing on. We just got to do better. And Pastor Christian, as the Connections guy, we're seeing more and more people who are brand new to our church coming in this season. Yeah. Like 
several every week and and I think God's calling us to be the light and and we need our people here sharing their joy sharing their yeah. hope sharing here's how we're doing it in the midst of this not necessarily if they, if they can be um here but they're not here we we need them here helping us reach these people discipling these people loving these people and, yeah and and making a clear distinction between those who have underlying health conditions yes. those who are afraid to get sick and those who just the in, the inconvenience, the persecution, the unfairness of it has just made them say, I'm just, I'm not going to come until it's all normal again. What if it's never normal again? What if it's never normal again? Yeah. Um, we got to have, we got to have good conversations moving through that. Yeah. So I'd say if you're listening, wherever you're at, chew on it. And if yeah. it applies to you, um, See what God's telling your heart to do. Yeah, and if not, keep tuning in online. One day there's going to be treatment, vaccination. We're going we're going to get past it, and we'll we'll be here for you, and hopefully we'll be better yeah. than than it was when you left. And we love you regardless. Of course. Yeah, we love you regardless. We like like Pastor Dan said, we give grace on both sides of this. You know, one of the biggest discipleship initiatives our church has started. I'm really excited about. It's been something uh, myself and and Hannah have been working on for a while. Our church, you and I've met uh, for a long time about this. It is our four week growth process, our growth track process. It begins next Sunday. Um, you know, and really for people to understand growth track, man, it equips you to discover and fulfill your God given purpose through four steps. Uh, can you help people understand what we hope to accomplish in each person's life as they go through growth track? Well, yeah, one. So we we've been called to make disciples. Who who make disciples? I mean, we we've been called to help people follow Jesus in a way that helps them fulfill God's purpose for their life, and and part of that is helping someone else become a Christian. So as we look at the discipleship journey, to probably oversimplify it, we know there's four big steps on that. Know God be transformed right from the inside so no god it, it is a head and a heart thing being transformed is kind of is kind of a whole life thing from from the inside out becoming becoming not just like jesus but who jesus created you to be discovering your purpose what did god create you to do and then doing it so the kingdom of god can come on earth like it is in heaven like that that's our goal one day there will be a future heaven and hell but right now on earth there's a little bit of heaven and a little bit of hell every day we we want to be the little bit of heaven um, people doing doing on earth what what one day we'll do in heaven from worshiping to being together to serving um, to, to giving God all of our lives we've got a four class process that begins by helping people understand um, the importance of partnering in the mission of the kingdom of God with a local church um, and saying yeah I'm in I see I know what God's called me to do I see what God's calling you to do and together together we can do that so Class one is is really learning about the history, the foundation, the heart, the value, the visions, how journey works, so that so that you can feel comfortable saying, "Yep, that's where I need to live in my earthly kingdom of God for this season yeah. of my life." We want to connect them to the mission of our church. Absolutely, absolutely. That we're hoping they're already connected to the mission of God, and they're just trying they're trying to find somebody walking that similar path. The second class helps them discover who God created them to be. How has he divinely shaped your personality, your your natural abilities and gifts? And then what spiritual gifts did the Holy Spirit give you at the moment of salvation? And how do those two things line up to fulfill the purpose God created you to have, both in your work life, Monday through Friday, and then in, in your ministry life on the weekend? 
Um, we want to help people develop their leadership, whether you're a school teacher, a bus driver, the CEO of a company, um, you know, an athlete, a coach. We want to help you learn to be a spiritual leader in the environment that you lead in. Um, and then we want to help you after you discover who you are, who God created you to be, how you're supposed to lead in that area, where you can connect that to Journey Church International um, and, and help us as we all push together to see the kingdom of God. Um, on earth as it'll be in heaven, but right here in Lee Summit, right here in Cass County, right here, um, you know, in, in the greater Kansas City area. So we we believe that this is a good system and a good structure for us to accomplish that. First eight years of our church, we kind of did it one at a time with a pastor, with a leader. And now, like you say, God is sending us so many guests. We've we've got to kind of supersize our process and and condense some things together and get a real good system that helps people in a schedule that they can maintain um, getting get engaged. Um, we don't want to we we don't want to stop the train as much as we used to. So we want to help people join a train that's barreling sixty miles an hour toward a destination without every time having to stop to let someone on, or or like we'll never get where we're going. So we're trying to create big portals to drop people into a vision that's that's moving fast and and very intentionally towards what God has called us to do. We think this will help us do that. I'm super excited that you. Um, and Hannah Rice, soon to be Hannah Sanderson in about a month or so, um, with their wedding are going to be leading this forward. I think it's going to transform our, our people and through that transform our church and through that have tremendous Im- impact on our community. So this will definitely equip you. If you're listening, um, boy, sign up. Here, here's how you can do that. Uh, you can text. Obviously, if you're here at church, you can sign up with a card. You can come by and, and talk with us, but you can text journey growth. To forty-seven, 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 and sign up. So in September, every Sunday after church, we're going to take one hour to go through step one, then step two, step three, step four. All four Sundays in September, <clears throat> and then in October uh, we will be during service. So you'll be able to have this a part of your Sunday morning. And in four weeks, boy, you're going to really feel like I know how God designed me. I'm ready to to be used by God. I've been I'm I'm on a discipleship path. I'm growing. And that's what we want for every person that comes. Pastor Christian, man, thanks for um, joining us today. I love the vision and hope of what we've uh, got coming at our church. I'm so thankful that you're and our team are constantly seeking God and what, what is it you want for us now. But like you said before, I'm just as passionate about where our church is going to be 10 years from now, 25 years from now. So I really appreciate the vision and the hope that you shared on Sunday. We want to thank you for listening today from wherever you are around the world. Be sure to tune in to our services either online, Facebook Live, YouTube, JCI app, takethejourney.cc, or come and see us in person. Uh, we got three great services. we got an outdoor venue. We would love to have you come and be a part of services on Sunday. As always, we'd love to hear from you. If we can do anything or if you've got a question you'd like to ask, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. 
Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.